Thanks for listening to the Church in the City podcast. Subscribe on iTunes and follow at Church in the City. I don't know about you, and I haven't started my message yet, but I don't know how you feel God's presence the most, but for me, oh, I just begin to weep. And you can ask my wife, I don't cry much. I don't get excited about much. I like to think of myself as a, a man's man. So I'm growing a beard. But... <laughs> But I just feel like crying right now. And it's not like I feel sorry for myself. I just I can sense the beautiful presence of God right here. And, and I'd like to, if you're here and you're saying, God, I want more of your presence. If you're here and you're saying, God, I, I can sense that your presence is here and wanting to do something. This is not part of my message. That has nothing to do with what I'm showing this morning. I'd like to stand and I'd like to pray with you. If that's you, if there's no one, that's great. But if you, if you want more of God's presence right now, just stand. Don't feel compelled to stand. No, you have to. Don't, don't. If you're sensing God on you and you're saying, God, I want more. Oh, God, you're beautiful. We welcome you here. We've had such a lovely time in your presence already, but we welcome you here. This is how we want to start this year off, Lord God, in your presence. Oh, come and have your way. For those in this meeting who are struggling through things right now, I just thank you that your grace is here for breakthrough. For those who are battling certain things, thank you that your grace is here for healing. And thank you that those who are crying out for wisdom and, and vision for this year, your grace is here to direct and guide our paths. And we will hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way we're walking it. But God, we say, would you come even more now? We're just going to wait a moment. In the silence and the stillness, you are here. Pray for a releasing of your presence, Holy Spirit, in this place. worship you. We worship you. Maybe in your own words now, just tell him how much he means to you. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you care. God, I worship you. Jesus, you're so beautiful. I worship you this morning. I give you all my adoration. In your own words, speak it out. Begin to speak it out. And as we speak it out, the song of our heart emerges and rises and, and the gravity of the earth that has been pushing us down gives way to the, to the beautiful rising of his presence. And we begin to rise on wings like eagles and soar where we haven't soared before. God, you're beautiful and we worship you. We are your people. Great shepherd of the sheep, we worship you this morning and we declare that you are God and there is no other. Where would we be without you? How could we breathe without you? God, you're beautiful and we exalt your name. We praise you, Lord of hosts. We praise you, glorious one. And we say thank you for your presence. It is life and breath to our lungs. Bring freedom, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you can take your seats, we're going to start now. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Friends, this is going to be a phenomenal year. I'm serious, it's going to be a phenomenal year. At the end of last year, a few meetings before the end of the year, we, uh, Job came up and shared and said, we, some of us are putting our life on pause and waiting for next year to happen. And he felt that God is saying, actually, next year starts right now. I'm bringing the season forward. I think God is so excited for what he wants to do in us and through us this year. 
and he's ready for us to respond to him this morning. I wonder if you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 23. We're starting a new series this morning called All In. All In. It's a series looking at the value that we have here at church in the city of all of us for Jesus. We have this banner, this statement that we, this code that we live by, this anthem that we sing, which is all of Jesus for everyone. And the way that we do that, there's, there's, there's many ways, but the primary way, the starting point is where we say, Jesus, take all of my life, every breath, every heartbeat, every moment. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise, that old hymn. All of us for Jesus. And we wanted to kickstart this year looking at exactly that. How can we start this year living out that value of all of us for Jesus? So this week, we're going to, this, today, we're going to talk about the Lordship of Christ. Next week, we're going to look at worship, and we're going to look at our surrender and worship of Him. And then the following week, we're going to see how we can be all in for Jesus in our practice, looking at our devotion, our generosity, and how we build community together. So it's going to be a really cool series. I'm excited for it. And excited to be kicking off this new year. So happy new year. Psalm 23. The title of this morning's message is All In. Before I get there, I've got a cool All In story. Considering we're in the playoffs, everybody. Go Bears, right? Yes. So what if they won the Super Bowl last year? So what? That's old news. We are in. We are going to take them. That's not a prophetic word. That is not anything other than me desiring it to happen. So let me start with an, a sports illustration to get the all-in analogies going this morning. I had a friend who uh, got these expensive tickets to an amazing game. It was a, a final, and he was all into the sport. It was a massive game, and he had great tickets, and he was there at the game, and he's watching. And it's a tight game. There's nothing better than a tight game keeping you on the edge of your seats. And he's watching and watching, and his team really needed to score. But he also really needed to go to the restroom. And like, you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss anything, but he, he knew he had to go. So he gets up and makes his way to the restroom, and there's these big screens everywhere, and he's watching and watching, and then he goes to the restroom, and he comes out, and he's watching, trying to make his way to his seat. Finally gets himself to his seat, but he, he sits down, and he's just watching the big screen, because he can see his, his team is playing the perfect play. Have you ever seen it? It's like art. It's like, it's like poetry. It's, it's just a team's playing, and everything's going right. It's going right. And, and, and his team is about to score. And his team scores. And with one fluid motion of beauty, and he rises to his feet, throws his hands in the end, and celebrates and says, we scored! Yeah! And looks around only to find that thousands of eyes are just looking at him a little strange. He's the only one celebrating. And he's like, what's going on? How can you not be all in like I'm in right now? It turns out he went to the restroom and his team had scored. And as he worked his way back, he was watching the big screens and he was watching a replay. <laughs> Embarrassing, but all in nonetheless. I want to live this year like that, not caring anything, all in for Jesus. 2019, here I come, hands in the air, screaming at the top of my lungs, I'm all in for you, God. Hopefully, like my friend, we don't get the timing wrong. But all in, are you all in for Jesus? What is that? All in mean. I'd like to look at Psalm 23, one of my favorite Psalms, and look at how David was all in. How David was all in. Let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David is king of Israel. I'm not sure when he wrote this psalm, but he's a king and he is expressing his devotion and his adoration to God. And he says, you're a shepherd and I'm a sheep. And then we need to pause here because in our sophisticated urban modern mindset, agricultural imagery doesn't always sit right. I don't know much about sheep. I don't know much about farming. I play guitar. I don't do much with my hands other than make music. But when you look at farming imagery, you look at the Bible and you see how God uses all this beautiful imagery to convey his heart and to speak a message to us to help us understand. He uses real things. And one of the things he uses often in scripture is the imagery of a shepherd and his sheep. Uh, We have the parable of the lost sheep in Luke 15. We have Isaiah 53 saying, we all like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way. Jesus is the good shepherd in John chapter 10. We as his sheep know his voice and listen in John chapter 10 as well. God will shepherd his people with justice, Ezekiel. And there's so many more pictures of the shepherd and his sheep. And to be honest, it's not flattering this morning, but it's true. We are just like sheep. Sheep are simple, sometimes stupid. That's me. Sheep are prone to getting lost and straying and wandering off. That's me. Sheep are prone to making dumb decisions. That's me. Sheep cannot survive without being led, without having a shepherd to look after them and to care for them. That's me. Sheep are vulnerable to the enemy. That's me. I'm a sheep. And I have a shepherd. It's not flattering, but it's true. And I'd like us to put ourselves in the position of a sheep. Just try to think of what a sheep looks like. Just try to think of what you know about a sheep to be true. And let's try to see what David was meaning with this. Psalm 23, let's look at it a little bit more in depth. The Lord is my shepherd. I love that. The Lord is my shepherd. There's two things I think we, that will help us understand as we move forward in going through the psalm this morning. And the two things are intimacy and ownership or lordship. Let's look at those. David writing here says, the Lord is my shepherd, not a shepherd or the shepherd, but my shepherd. There's intimacy there. There's a personal walk there. There's a personal relationship. And maybe you've heard it before that Jesus came so that we could have relationship with him, so that he could restore the relationship that we had with God at the fall, before the fall. Uh, In John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus speaking, he says this, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus speaking as a shepherd over us, his people, saying, I know them, you know my voice, and they follow me. There's an intimate walk there, an intimate relationship. And this is where David starts this morning. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. Intimacy, communion, fellowship with the shepherd. The second thing he shows us is that there's ownership and lordship. The word my is possessive. It speaks about belonging and association. Ownership and lordship. When it comes to the lordship of Jesus and seeing his kingdom and rule in our lives like David, for us to be all in, we need to get intimacy and lordship right. Intimacy is, is, is nice to think about, just walking with God and having a relationship with God. But when it comes to the lordship of God, it can get a little tricky, especially when what we want is contrary to what our Lord wants. Ever been there? Perhaps it's just me, and you're walking through life, and Maybe you start off by surrendering your heart to Jesus and you give your life to him and the more you walk with him, things are amazing. Then, then so, suddenly as you get closer to God, you realize there's something in your life that he'd like you to adjust. And it's like, oh, I didn't see that. 
And at that moment, we have two options. Either we just keep going and allow him to continually speak over us, or we can say, you are my shepherd. In intimacy, you've revealed a part of my life that is not truly surrendered. And I bow that before you, Jesus. Ownership and lordship is right. And when it comes to lordship, I'd like to say this, and it's not a popular thing to say, but his lordship is not dependent on nor determined by my response to his rule and reign. I'm going to say that again. His lordship is not dependent on nor determined by my response to his rule and his reign, but he invites us to respond. He is Lord. There is no other. When it comes to ownership, maybe your faith is not in Christ this morning and you maybe don't even believe in God. The truth is, his word tells us that he is Lord. He is before all things. We sang it in our song this morning. He is above all things. He is preeminence. He cannot take second place. Even though we may not serve him fully at times in our lives and other things and idols come in the way of our relationship with him, there may be an idol in my life, but he's still Lord of all creation. He is still Lord of hosts. He is still God. He is still eternal. His rule and reign is not determined by my response. He is God. Anything less would mean that he is not God. Anything less would mean he is not a God worth serving. God has to be completely all-powerful, completely all-knowing, completely everywhere, completely beyond us. He is Lord. It's like David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus, you are my Lord and I belong to you. Something so beautiful about saying that. Jesus, I belong to you. I'm yours. I was bought with a price and I belong to you. You are mine and I belong to you. Let's look at it a bit further. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I love how in the ESV, the ASV, and KJV, those are different translations or versions of the uh, interpretations of the Bible, Bible, sorry, translations. I shall not want. The New International Version says, I lack nothing. The New Living Translation says, I have all that I need. Isn't that beautiful? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I lack nothing. Can you say that of your life right now as we start 2019? It's actually a bold and challenging thing to say that I lack nothing. If I were to look at those words and sum them up in one word, I'd sum them up with this. The word satisfied. And that's my first point this morning. When we are all in with Jesus our Lord, when we are all into his lordship, when we are all in in this walk with God, we are satisfied in a material world, even in a materialistic world. We are satisfied. Are you satisfied this morning? Or have you still not found what you're looking for, like that beautiful song by you two? Are you satisfied? And I would like to introduce you to a biblical theme that repeats itself throughout Scripture. Matt actually started us off by sharing Psalm 16 earlier, and this actually repeats the same passage that I'm talking about. And this is the biblical theme that says, I'm only truly satisfied in His sovereignty. When He is Lord, I am satisfied. Okay, let me break that down a bit. True satisfaction comes from Him alone. And the only way for me to find true, lasting, eternal satisfaction is by coming to the true, eternal source of satisfaction. So when he is Lord, he is always Lord, but when he is Lord in my life, I'm satisfied. So what I could do is I could reverse engineer that and say, where in my life am I dissatisfied? And ask the question, perhaps in that area, he is not Lord. Where in my life am I finding most strife and most difficulty and most failure? And perhaps in that that area, there's parts of that where he is not Lord. See, for me to be truly satisfied, and this is what David is saying, you are my shepherd, I shall not want. I have everything I need. 
We are satisfied even in the material world. Live, we live in a world dominated by the latest want. True? It's like want after want after want. There's always something new that is better and offers more. Just as you work up and you get that thing, whatever it is, another one comes out that's better. And it's just like, <sighs> Advertising and media pre-programs us from a young age to always want the next best thing. And they're good at it. That's why we want the next best thing. We're programmed. And we are taught to believe that what we want is what we truly need. See, if advertising, and, and if you're in advertising, you're doing a great job. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I have nothing about advertising. Actually, I'm hoping that my life is, is the greatest advert for Jesus Christ. And for, so I, I, I'm going to use some of these, these analogies. But if you're in advertising and you can get someone to think that a want, a want is actually a need, you can hook them in their desires, you've got them sold. Why? Because if I, if I can get the priorities wrong and realize that it's not just a want, but it's a need, I need this thing, I'm going to go out and I'm, I'm going to sacrifice anything to get that. It's kind of like all those Christmas presents lying around right now, right? You get the list, you check it twice, you go buy some presents, Santa helps out as well. Santa gets all the glory at this age, but anyways, I'm not going there. <laughs> and, and it's like the, 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 your, your daughter or your son or your child says, I really need this. Or my son Rock says, I really need this. I need this, Dad. I really need this. <laughs> and then you get it. And Santa helps out as well. And, and he gets it, and she gets it. And then after an hour, it's just lying on the floor. I, I thought you said you needed it. It's just a want that we thought was a need, and that's unused. How many times do we say this? If only I had, insert the blank, then I would be happy. If only this happened, then I would be satisfied. And we do it all the time because we put our hope in all these temporary, uncertain things, hoping that somehow they're going to satisfy us. But it's a biblical theme that repeats itself. And David says, if my life is filled with wanting, then perhaps the Lord is not my shepherd. Let's pause. If my life is filled with wanting after wanting after wanting, I want this, I want that, I want the next thing. And talk, we're talking about a material world. I want this, I want that. Then perhaps the Lord is not my shepherd because when the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, that is powerful. And it's challenging to the core because I look at my life and I look at what I think is a need and I look and I realize, actually, that's just a want. And God, we need your wisdom to work out what we truly need. Work out what we truly want. But let's see how the scripture is repeated over and over. Uh, Matt started by saying, Psalm 16, David says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. It starts Lord, which is, which is the, the personal name of God, which is Yahweh. He says, I say to Yahweh, who is my God, my culture's God, my people's God, you are my Lord, which is Adonai, which is the title master. I say to God, you are my master. Apart from you, I have no good thing. What is he saying? Is there nothing good in his life? No, he's using hyperbole to say, God, compared to you, everything else is worthless because you are my greatest treasure. What's happening there? When he is Lord, we are satisfied. Where else does it say this? Well, it's what about Psalm chapter 37, verse 4? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I love this. This is one of my life verses. He will give you the desires. Now, there's two ways to look at that. But first of all, when we put God first in our lives, when we surrender to his lordship, when we say, Jesus, I'm all in for who you are and what you've done and what you say, what happens is our priorities and our heart begin to change without us realizing it. And desires that are not, are not from him begin to fall away. And desires that are from his heart are begin to be birthed and placed in my heart. 
He sanctifies our desires when we draw close to him. Ever ask the question, God, how do I know if this desire is right or wrong? The answer, according to Psalm 37 verse 4, is get as close to God as possible. Make sure he is Lord of every aspect of your life because when he is Lord, you will be satisfied. When he is Lord, that desire will be satisfied. And if it's not satisfied, he will replace it with his desires. If you're here this morning and you're fighting desires within you and you're saying, God, is this you or is this not you? Or even, God, I know this is not you, but I can't help this desire. The answer this morning is delight yourself in the Lord. And it's probably one of the hardest things to do because you know that he's going to change something in you. But surrender says, God, whatever the price, whatever the cost, whatever it is, you are my greatest treasure. Apart from you, I have no good thing. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Allow him to give you new desires this morning. Allow him to sanctify your desires. And the more that I delight myself in him, the more that I realize I'm living in satisfied desires. This one's a challenging one. What about 2 Peter 1 verse 3? His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. See, this is where David got it right and where he realized. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. There is nothing I need. There is no want I have right now because when I realize that he is my shepherd, I realize that I have everything I need. And Peter writes and says, he's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Right now, through faith in Christ, where you sit, you have everything you need. That silence says all the ones that are screaming for our attention right now. You have everything you need, not only to be victorious through this life, but to live godly. That is a challenge, especially when I get it wrong because I've got no excuse then. God's saying, by my presence, I've given you and by my grace everything you need for life and for godliness. See, when he is Lord, we are satisfied. When he is Lord, we realize I have everything I need so long as I have my Savior and I'm walking in intimacy with him. David had intimacy and lordship right. He paints this beautiful picture. Man, we've only got through like one verse in such an amazing psalm. Okay, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. When we are all in, we are satisfied, even in a material world. How do we respond? First of all, we surrender to his sovereignty, and we get intimacy and ownership or lordship right. We surrender. We're going to hear a bit more about that in our worship next week, but we surrender When we realize this is God, this is the Lord, and he loves us, and every good and perfect gift comes from him, and he's the the perfect father who will never lead us anywhere. His grace cannot keep us. We realize that actually what we hold in our hands, we can give to him. Why? Because he is so much more than anything we could ever carry. He is so much more than anything we could ever carry, and true satisfaction is found in him. I suppose the question this morning is, do I want to live satisfied? Do I want to be that Christian hedonist who just walks in satisfaction? Well, yes, I do. Unashamedly, I do. Psalm 16 also says, pleasure comes from God's right hand. Well, then the way to do it is to surrender to his lordship in every aspect of our lives. That's a great statement, living that out this week. Wow, all the best. I'm going to do my hardest and trust in him so I'd work it in me. But you know what I'm going to do? Delight myself in the Lord. Look to my Lord and my Savior, my shepherd and walk in intimacy with him as best I can, and surrender as best I can. When we are all in, we are satisfied. Jesus, you are my Lord, and I belong to you. And this, in this material world, I am satisfied. Let's read on. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I like the, how the imagery has changed. We start off with a sheep and a shepherd, and it's, it's close and it's intimate. Now we shift focus onto the landscape through which the shepherd will lead his sheep. 
And yes, there is a physical landscape, and we'll touch on that, but the second point I have this morning is when we are all in, we are satisfied in a spiritual landscape. And we're going to touch on what that spiritual landscape looks like in a moment. But the way God leads us and where he leads us to, look at those words, he, he makes me lie down, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul, he guides me for his name's sake. There's a lot of he there, not a lot of me there. And I feel God wants us to take the pressure off this year and say, when you're all in for my lordship, you'll see a lot more of he at work than me at work. You'll see a lot more of he at work than me at work. No more striving when we've surrendered to his lordship. Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And look at this refreshing of the soul. Is there anything better than being satisfied and refreshed in the soul? The first gospel message is preached in Acts. And what happens is, Peter gets up and says, repent that times of refreshing may come. He's saying, put Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Bow before him and you will be refreshed. You want refreshing this morning? It's found in surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We are satisfied even in a spiritual landscape. Let's look at green pastures. Don't put that slide up just yet, please. When you think of green pastures, what do you think? So I spent a bit of time in New Zealand. My parents lived there. And before our visa came through, we spent a lot of time there. And man, that is a beautiful country. Just green, rolling hills everywhere. And when I read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he makes me lie down in green pastures, I immediately think of the hobbits. I think of Frodo, and I think of all those other guys, and Gandalf the shepherd with his staff, and it's just a beautiful picture. That's where my mind goes. Rolling meadows, beautiful greenery, just lush. And, it, and there are times in life like that, true, we have these amazing seasons, but there's a lot, most of the time, if I'm going to be honest with you, it feels like a little different to that green. So let me just put a picture up here. How's, how's that? Green pastures. You can put that one up, thank you. Isn't that beautiful? That's in New Zealand. Uh, that is what I think of when I think of green pastures. Take that in, isn't it beautiful? Green pastures. I'm actually setting you up for a drop in a moment, so get excited. But the problem is David wasn't from New Zealand. He was from Israel. And the problem is that in Israel, the landscape is nothing like that. The landscape is more rocky and more wilderness than anything green. So I looked up, a, and actually, if I look at that picture, just keep that one up there. I look at that, and I'm like, if that's what serving Jesus is like, it's sold. I'm there. Ah. I'm in. Count me in. Jesus, take my life. A bit of fishing on the side, a bit of rolling in green meadows. It's beautiful. Lush. Oh, man. And then you look at what actually Israel looks like. And let's bring up that slide. Those are goats, I know, but look at the wilderness, everybody. That's what it was like to be a shepherd in Israel at that time, and even now today. That's a modern picture, believe it or not. Spot the green. I'd like to show you that that is green pastures. That is what is referred to as green pastures, and I'll, I'll zoom up in a moment for you. There we go, let's zoom up. There it is, right there. See amidst all that rock and desert and wilderness, a little tuft of green that could maybe feed one sheep? Whoever gets to it first, according to the context, according to the natural landscape, according to shepherding in Israel, that's what the landscape looks like. Yes, and there will be places where it's a little bit more lush, I know, higher up on the mountains, but that's green pastures. Now, let's apply this to our lives and go back to the image where I'm like, take my life, Jesus. Green meadows, here we come. And it's like we 
It's like Jesus is baptized and, 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 uh, and the, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and this voice from heaven says, this is my son, my beloved son, whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. And everyone's like, wow. And immediately he's led into the desert, into the wilderness and is tempted by the devil. And it's like we put our faith in God and we say, God, I'm all in. And all of a sudden we realize we're in a wilderness. And we're like, where are those green meadows? Where are those green pastures? See, when he is Lord, we are satisfied in a, in a spiritual landscape like this, where it's more rocky and more hard than it is lush and beautiful underfoot. Everything we need for life and godliness found right there. That challenges me to the core, everybody. It really, really does. It challenges me. It's lush but rocky and hard, sometimes only a mouthful, and it's a journey to get to it. And sometimes I walk with God, perhaps could I say that most of the time, in the world we live, it's like that, and we realize we're just pilgrims passing through this barren wasteland, longing for the green meadows of heaven, which I think a little bit more like New Zealand than um, those rocky outcrops. When we are all in, we are satisfied in a spiritual landscape. Let's apply this to ourselves. How do we respond to that? Well, first of all, we submit to his leading. We follow his voice. We submit to his leading and we follow his voice. Jesus says, I know my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. How's your following going? How's your following of Jesus going? And it's great on a Sunday, and it's easy when we're surrounded by believers, and it's like, yeah, I'm following Jesus, and we sing these songs, and they're right, and it's beautiful. And this is what Sunday is about, a gospel celebration, us being together, celebrating who we are in Christ and who our Christ the Savior is. But then we would go through life, it's not always that easy, and we raise our hands and try to sing, and we realize the band's not there, and the person next to you can really sing. And you sing, and it comes out more like a squonk than a song, and it's just like, this isn't easy. It isn't easy following Christ. You will be satisfied to the deepest core of your being in this life and in the life to come, but it's not always going to be easy. And I want to encourage you that every single one of us is in the same boat with that. Each and every single one of us, when it comes to the Lordship of Christ, will find something where we don't want to bow down and give it to God. Why? Because we're sinful by nature. We have this thing called a sinful nature. And that is the gospel this morning, that Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy in our lives and to destroy that sinful nature so that actually I can be one with him in relationship with him. And actually those old desires of the flesh could be done away with and he could give me his new desires of life and of the spirit. And we will constantly fight those battles as long as we are on this earth. Why? Because there is an enemy that he has lost the battle but needs to be overcome in the walking out of our lives. And every time we delight ourselves in God and we get his new desires, it's a punch and an uppercut to the enemy because he wasn't able to get us to flow with our natural, bent, and broken sinful nature. And we extend the rule and reign of God. Let's, in closing, let's, let's read a little more. I want to skip to verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The third point this morning and ending is this, is that when we are all in for the Lordship of Christ, we are satisfied even in trial. Let's look at that uh, in, in the light of this landscape. Let's look at in the presence of my enemies. For me, this is a picture of favor. And there's two ways that uh, biblical scholars ca- can look at this and have looked at this. The, the one is the imagery starts off with us as sheep and a shepherd and then goes on to this landscape, and then it ends in this beautiful banquet table where the king invites us into an intimate banquet with him. 
And how does that work? Well, in the presence of my enemies, there is a feast prepared for me. What does that mean? Well, in ancient times, in, in Middle Eastern times, what, uh, in Middle Eastern culture, one of the things they would do is when a king held a banquet, he would invite all those who were favored, and they would have the banquet outside. Why? So that everyone could see who the king had favored. So you're having a tough time, and you're under pressure, and people are attacking you, and, and you and just don't know why it's happening, and things are going wrong, and, and there's enemies all around you, and Jesus says, Come. I'm putting you on display. We're going to have a banquet together. In the presence of your enemies, there is a feast for you. In the presence of the darkness that you're facing right now, God says, there is a feast for you. I've prepared the feast, and I am the feast. Come and eat of me, drink of me, and I will satisfy your soul in this place. The other way of looking at it is continuing the shepherd imagery, which says actually the table that is prepared is the landscape. The word mesa, the Spanish word for table, in South Africa, we have this beautiful mountain called Table Mountain. It's the flattest mountain. Perhaps you've seen it. But what they're saying is that in the landscape, what you have as the shepherd's leading a sheep, he takes them to a place where it's flat and it's high up so that the sheep can rest and the sheep can stay all together. And why this is a favor and in the presence of your enemies, a table prepared, is because when the predators try and attack, they can't because the sheep and the shepherd have the higher ground because they're on a flat, raised mesa above where the enemy is. And wherever you're at right now, the encouragement from the Lord is this. It's intimacy and the banqueting feast, but it's also this. I've positioned you in a place where you have the higher ground. You can be satisfied even in trial because you have the victory. I am with you, and we have the higher ground. The enemy has been defeated. Death could not hold him down. Favor, my cup overflows. That talks about provision. And an ending, uh, the word follows me. What follows you? Regret, disappointment. It's like you wake up in the morning, all these things are following you. It's like they're trying to chase you down. And they, we get overwhelmed by the world. Failure. Wake up some mornings, I'm just feeling failure. I'm like, I've got to, I've got to cast it off because I know I'm not a failure in God's side. But sometimes I wake up and I'm like, oh, here we go again, Lord. It says, mercy and love will follow me all the days of my life. That says to me about a legacy. And where maybe depression, maybe darkness, maybe death, maybe the enemy has been following after you and chasing you down, I want to prophesy and say with a life that when he is Lord, goodness and mercy follow you and overtake you and chase you down. Let's apply this to our lives quickly, and I wonder if the band could come up. How do we apply this to our lives? Well, we need to trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey his word. Put our lives behind what he has said and trust and obey it and then expect the goodness and love of God. In a moment, we're going to sing a song. It's actually, as I woke up this morning, I was preparing and I began to sing it and we sang a bit of it in the, in the meeting. So the words won't come up, but I'd love to sing it over you this morning. The words are, I belong to you, Jesus, my shepherd. I will follow you. Wherever you will lead me, I belong to you. And I want to sing that over us this morning. And if you're here for, and you've not put your faith in Christ and you realize as I've been talking that you realize that there is this great shepherd who loves you and cares for you and wants to invite you to be one of his sheep this morning. And you're saying, I want to put my faith in Christ for the first time. I want to, well, let's just close our eyes quick. I'd love to know if there's anyone here who I can pray with. Let's bow our heads. And it's just so that anyone responding this morning doesn't feel like everyone's watching them. So if that's you and you want to put your faith in Christ for the first time, 
In a moment, I'm going to give you a, uh, those a response who maybe want to return to God this morning. But if you've not yet put your faith in Christ and you're saying this morning, I need the great shepherd to lead me, to guide me, and to look after me. If that's you, would you raise your hand, please? Give it a moment. Is there anyone? It would be my greatest joy and privilege this morning. Okay, now if you're here and, and you realize, actually, I want to start this year off and saying, God, I'm returning to you. In a moment, we'll all respond to, to being all in for Jesus. But actually, I know I need to say, and I need to put my hand and say, God, 2018 is over, 2019 has begun, and I'm going to give you everything. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I'd love to know. There'll be some hands. Thank you. Thank you. You can put them down once you've raised them. This life is not about being perfect. It's about walking with Jesus who makes us perfect. Too often we focus on our failures when all we need to look at is our Savior who's leading and guiding us. Lord, I pray for every hand that was lifted and I pray for every heart that has responded and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you wash away our sin, you wash away our failure, you wash away our shame. We commit this year to you, Lord God. And in fact, I pray for all of us, even without asking for a response, God, let this year be the greatest year we have ever lived because we are surrendered to your Lordship, that we delight ourselves in you above all things, Lord God, walk in intimacy with you greater than ever before and surrender to you more than ever before, I pray. Thanks again for listening. Subscribe on iTunes and visit us at churchinthecity.us. Church in the City, all of Jesus for everyone.